You're listening to the Morning Punchin' Show with RBNJ live and direct from more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. This is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punchin' Show. It's unpredictable, unscripted, but always real. Morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, August 28, 2017. Our special guest today is no other than Roy Jones Jr. It is always a good time when we have Roy on the show, so stay tuned. Around the 30-minute mark on the show today, we will be joined by Roy Jones Jr. Let me properly introduce my partner in crime, creator and founder of BadCulture.net, Jay the Buff. What's good, Jay? What's good, RB? And good morning, everybody. We made it. We made it through the weekend. I didn't think we were going to make it, but we made it. I am happy to be back home in Los Angeles, happy to be with you on a Monday morning. We are going to talk all the boxing talk today. We're going to talk about the event. We'll call it that. We're going to talk about Kodo looking good on Saturday night. We're going to talk about Canelo Triple G uh, open workout happening in the middle of downtown Los Angeles today, and they're expecting a heat wave. So if you're in L.A., dress cool. And it's never a bad time with Roy Jones Jr., so looking forward to that. So, no hot question today, but we got a lot of hot topics to talk to you talk to you about. Back to yes, you, RB. The, the circus has left town. Mm, We're going to mm, talk mm. all about that. For everyone who said they weren't going to watch it, they did watch it, um, they including myself. Now, I'm not Me saying too. I paid for it. Somebody else paid for it. But, yes, <laughs> I watched it. Um, So we're going to recap all that and some other shows and other fights that happened prior to Saturday as well. But listen, Know It or Blow It is now brought to you by TheBoxingInsider.com. Today we are giving away a boxing glove signed by Mike Tyson. So you have to call in and play Know It or Blow It to win the boxing glove. The number is 718-508-9852. Press one. We will see you in the switchboard that's going to tell us that you want to play, and we will pick you up to play Know It or Blow It. Again, brought to you by BoxingInsider.com. And we have a lot of other good prizes in the next, like, six weeks, too. We have fight outfit material from fighters. We got other gloves and Manny Pacquiao memorabilia. We got a lot of good stuff now to give away during Know It or Blow It. So make sure you call in. But let's open up, Jay, and let's start recapping some of the fights from the weekend. Let's get everybody brought up. Let's start Friday night with uh, the guy's name that I can't pronounce. Right from the jump, Jay. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I mean, Dur- Dur- I feel, Dur- I feel, Yachenko. it's almost like boxing make you bilingual. I feel like at some, saying some of these names, you can't tell me I can't speak Russian now after saying yeah, some of these names. This is where Jake really, really helps. But anyway, Sergey. Dorochenko stopped Tariano Johnson in the middleweight world title eliminator that headlined mm. um, the PBC on Tuesday on FS1. That was Friday night. Tariano Johnson has kind of had a really weird journey in boxing. There yeah. was a time where, you know, he was kind of really hot and then he fell mm-hmm. off and then he was hot again and then he got injured. And at one point he was even going to fight Golovkin. I think he was like That's Golovkin's right. mandatory. And then that didn't happen. And then he signed with Golden Boy. And then he fell off the face of the earth again. And then he comes back in a really hard fight with this guy. And it was brutal. And they probably should have stopped the fight way earlier um, than it, you know, than it was. But uh, poor Toriano, I mean, he took a beating. Let Let us huddle close to our microphones and our earphones. And I'll tell you a quick little story about Toriano Johnson for those of you who are longtime listeners of the Morning Punch and Show and the Ruckus. Do you remember we were supposed to have Toriano Johnson on the ruckus one night because he was a mandatory. He was uh, leading the the way to fight Golovkin because he was a southpaw. And right before we were supposed to have him, he was wilding out on Twitter. And then we got an email saying we're pulling him from the show. And he was on Golden Boy then. Yep. And then soon as the show went live, Toriano Johnson was injured. How did he get over to PVC? I missed. Now that's the part I really missed. Besides his fade he caught, because at that time he was on Golden Boy. Yeah. When did he? When did? When did he jump ship? I, 
I don't, you know what, I don't know. I don't remember seeing a press release about it. They kept it very under the radar. I don't know how they broke up, how he ended up on the other side of the street. Very good question. Uh, But anyway, it's a shame. I I don't really know what's next for him. But in the co-feature on Hugo Centeno, goddamn, he knocked out Emmanuel Alamin in the Mm co-main event. That was a sensation. Sensational knockout. I was not expecting that. I mean, that guy moving up to 160 has really done well for him. Hugo Centeno. Hugo Centeno continues to march long. How was his hair? Was his hair tight? Oh, it was laid. It was perfect. Girl, like the gel and everything, like it did not move. <laughs> Even Ray Flores during the show said, Am, you know, I wonder what he, does, he uses in his hair because I want to do my hair like that. What is that, velvet? I'm sure it was looking good. Yes, his hair was laid. So anyway, that was a really good show on FS1 Friday night. It was a really good appetizer for Saturday night. Saturday night, let's go to Miguel Cotto on HBO. Miguel Cotto captured the WBO junior middleweight title with a unanimous decision win against Kamagai. All action, really great fight. We called it here on the Morning Punch and Show last week. We said... This is going to be a good fight. Why? Well, Cotto is kind of up there in age, but you know he's going to bring it, but you don't know how hard he trained for this fight. And Kamagai, he's a warrior. He's going to take everything he can. He took every lick, every shot. I mean, it was a really, really good fight. Yeah, Cotto, he had a lot of time off after the fight fell through with James Kirkland. Moved to now, he fights in a, a fight in a tough, with a tough competitor, Yoshihiro Kamagai. And showing flashes of the Kodo that we all have come to know and appreciate over the years. As his time is winding down, it is quite a pleasure and honor to see him fighting well and being able to leave the sport on his own terms. It was really a great fight, a great performance. Kamagai is a fierce competitor. I'm sure he also picked up some new fans just on his sheer toughness. So I'm looking forward to seeing him again in the ring. Everybody is not going to be undefeated, and sometimes the best fights are made by sometimes so many things can rise out of adversity. So kudos to both of them, but Kodo, we're looking forward to seeing what his next move is going to be. I said it yesterday, whether you love or hate him, Miguel Cotto has carried the entire island of Puerto Rico on his back since, like, 2004. When Trinidad mm. walked away, Cotto took the, court, the torch. Again, whether you like his or whatever it is you think about him, he carried the island on his back. If there was no Cotto, there would be no Puerto Rico boxing, period. Wow. Um, since 2004. So he is now the only four-division world in Puerto Rico's boxing history, and he earned his sixth world title with that decision win over Kamagai. And it was a sold-out crowd, over yes. 7,600 boxing fans at the Subhub in Carson. Very cool atmosphere, very good fight. What's next for Cotto? He said during the press conference call last week that December 31st of this year, he is absolutely 100% walking away from boxing. He says he has more to offer his family, and he wants to really focus on promoting boxing and being a promoter in Puerto Rico and trying to help build Puerto Rico's boxing program. But he is walking away, and he wants the winner – of Canelo Golovkin. He wants his last fight to be the winner of Canelo Golovkin. And that's another tough fight. No matter who fight, it's a great name on either resume. If Canelo gets him again, that's two times. If Golovkin gets him again, that's a great name on his resume. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. As Cotto leaves the sport, I had to make him laugh a little bit. When we, he had the media day here in Los Angeles, I asked him how old his children were now and was telling, running them down for me as four children. He said his daughter is like 15, 16, something like that. I said, have you had to, have you had to threaten any of her boyfriends yet? I don't know why, but he thought that was so funny. So that tells me Cotto trying to run somebody a fade because he cracked up when I asked him that. So y'all better leave Cotto's children alone. He <laughs> hollered. I've never seen really? him like, like a full on hoot. I'm like, oh, uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, you're gonna have to tweet that link. I would love to see him um laughing 
that would be really dope. Um, so anyway, this is how I feel about him wanting the winner of Canelo Golovkin. At least he wants to go out on top. That's okay. Right. We know what would happen if he fought Canelo or Golovkin, his last fight. Okay. This is no rocket science. Like, Oh my God, who would win? <clears throat> no, I think we know what would happen if he fought either one of those guys, but at least he wants to go out fighting the best. Unlike other fighters, you know, that either right. stay in this too long or that go out fighting like very below average, mediocre fighters uh, like Floyd when he fought Birdo and said that away and you know at least Cotto wants to go out fighting the best right right I can appreciate right. that why you know with his legacy why why diminish it at the very end go out on your shield you never know what yeah. the tide might have for you that night and Cotto has never been one to back down he welcomed all challengers and even going to the end he is still taking the toughest challenge available you gotta love and respect that you you, you yeah. have to love and respect it. Well, it was a really good fight. Shout out to Golden Boy for making the matchup when everybody at first kind of was a little like, oh, you know, it's the same night as Mayweather and yada, yada. Very good fight. Kama guy's going to live to see another day in another big fight. In the co-main event, Ray Vargas retained his WBC and a weight title with a unanimous decision victory over Ronnie Rios. Vargas, he was successful at everything he did. Um, he is trained under Nacho Bernstein, who I love. He fought very intelligently. He fought at a distance. It was a very competitive fight. I thought that the scorecards were a little bit wide, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. he did deserve the, the unanimous decision. Yes, another great win for him. Ronnie Rios came up a little bit short, but that's okay. It was a good competitive matchup. Definitely one that the fans enjoyed, and we'll have to wait and see what's next for both of these guys, but Great card by Golden Boy. Great atmosphere at the StubHub Arena. Perfect night for it. Perfect weather. So congratulations. It's always a tough task to go up against a pay-per-view, and Golden Boy held their own. Congratulations. Yeah. And you know what? They drew a good crowd. And nobody thought that they were going to sell out that place with Mayweather McGregor. They thought everybody was going to stay home. And um, real promoters, (coughs) they got the right people out there. They had almost 8,000 people show up. So... Good job over there. So, anyway, let's switch gears. Let's move on to the circus show that was on Saturday night on Showtime Pay-Per-View. Um, let's start with the undercard, Jay, because I know we got so much to talk about with Mayweather-McGregor fight. Let's go right to the undercard. Uh, Tabidi won a unanimous decision over Steve Cunningham. <sighs> yeah. I love Steve Cunningham. I love his family. Um, I really wanted to see him win. They do feel like they were robbed. I saw some posts on Instagram, and they went live on Facebook, and they're like, look, we're so used to getting robbed that this is, like, normal for us now. You know, watch the watch the fight without the commentary. I think I should watch the fight without the commentary. Now, I'll admit that I was eating and cooking and doing some other things during that fight, so I didn't score it. Jay, how did you see it? I had the same issue. I was kind of trying to get back to Los Angeles because I was supposed to be back to go to the Cotto fight. And I didn't even get off of the plane until after the fight was complete. So I only saw just a few highlights and the results in social media. So I have not seen the Cunningham to fight. I asked um, one of my trusted boxing observers, observers, AKA my brother, my brother says that he enjoyed the fight. He thought that Tabidi was competitive, and he thought that the young lion was just, it was more of an age thing. He said Steve looked ready, he looked in shape, and he looked game, but he thought the younger guy just had a little bit more in the tank. I'm going to have to go mm. back and watch it myself. I'll have good, fresh eyes to look at it, but unfortunately, no, I missed it. I was on the plane on the way back. Oh, Okay. So, all right, so then let's move on to Badu Jack. He became a two-division world champion with a wow. TKO win over Nathan Cleverly to capture the WBA light heavyweight world championship. He outclassed Cleverly in a mm. one-sided fight that was stopped by Tony Weeks in, you know, with like 12 seconds remaining in the fifth round. It was um, Jack's first fight moving up from 168 to 175. Let's talk about how good Badu Jack is, Jay. Okay, what is going on? Badu Jack keeps on winning and winning and doesn't 
impressively. He has now moved up in weight and picked up another title, yet we still see the in, the machine is not behind him like it should be. That exactly. boy is good. What's up with that? That boy is good. A little more promo, people, please. Yeah, you know what? What a good point. You know, they, the TMT machine has really tried to push, you know, the, the kids like Tank Davis um, and, you know, some of their other guys. You're right. Why hasn't the machine pushed Badu Jack more? Is it because he kind of left that lifestyle to dedicate himself to boxing because he doesn't really hang around that crowd anymore? But it's paid off, you know. Yes, it and has. Look how, look how good he's doing. Um, after the fight, he said that he wanted to fight Adonis Stevenson. I would love to see that fight. Oh, I, I, my goodness. I would love to see that fight. And the fact that we want to see the fight and the fact that Badu Jack wants to fight means that we're not. The fact that it's a competitive fight and with a live guy makes me feel like we ain't getting a fight. Of course, mm-hmm. Adonis Stevenson had to jump on Twitter and put his two cents in afterwards. <laughs> hey, don't nobody take you seriously, bruh. Badu Jack is a live dog. There are some really good fights at 175 for Badu Jack. There's Andre Ward. There's Adonis Stevenson. Hell, Damn I right. would even like to see him versus Kovalev. Damn you know, right. There's some really good fights at 175. Sullivan Barrera. All those guys would make really good fights yeah. with Jack. And, and, and just shout out to Badu Jack. Because a couple years ago, we were, you know, low-key laughing at him. We thought he wasn't going to be nothing. He got knocked out viciously you know, versus a guy that nobody had even heard of. And he picked himself off that canvas and he rededicated himself to boxing and to his craft. And now he's on top of the world. He's making good money, has a beautiful family, totally focused. Yes, they need to get behind him a little more. Those are the guys that we want to cheer for. Those are the guys that we want to root for, right? Absolutely. But I do, Jack, I'm really becoming, you know, I don't like to say, oh, I'm a fan. I'm becoming, I'm going to say it publicly. Badu Jack, you got a fan in Jay. I'm enjoying what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't know. Maybe you don't need all the engine behind you. Maybe it'll be a distraction. But as long as you keep winning and you have your beautiful family cheering you on, you're going to do what you need to do. So great fight. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, in well in the co-main event, Gervonta Tank Davis defeated mm. unbeaten challenger Francisco Francesca mm. via a controversial eighth-round knockout. Mm. I have some issues with Tank right now. I'm not going to get into all this because some of these fighters get, like, way too sensitive. But Mm -hmm. the kid goes out to Vegas, you know, which was a really bad idea. He always said, I'm going to stay in Baltimore. I'm going to train in Baltimore. This is where I'm focused. This is where I need to be. Baltimore made me. Floyd sends for him. Oh, you got to come to Vegas, yada, yada, yada. You know, the kid's out all hours of the night. You know, Floyd has him going here, going here. The kid weighs in two pounds overweight, lost his, mm. lost his belt at the scale. That, that's Terrible. inexcusable. I don't want to hear, oh, I'm young. Oh, I'm this. Oh, something. Yo, that's inexcusable. I have said the same thing about Adrian Broner. Every single time he has lost his belt at the scale. You just Damn right. don't do that. You're a world champion. You don't lose your belt at the goddamn scale. That's right. Come on, Pop yo. that shit, RB. I'm saying, though, I mean, if any fighter that I work with or what, if they lost at the scale, yo, I would shank them. Like, <laughs> there's no excuse for that. But anyway, the, you know, the kid, he is young. He did make a lot of excuses. He lost the belt of the scale. He turned everybody off on social media. And it's a shame because I personally do like the kid. But, you know, he's been talking a lot about Lomachenko. Lomachenko can't sell tickets. You know, blah, blah, blah. You lost your belt on the scale. I bet you Lomachenko would never miss weight. Never. never. I'm young. That's why I didn't he make weight. put him on when the you... first flight smoking back to Russia. Oh, I wouldn't play with Egus. The fact that he is young, it should be easier for you to make weight. Try to lose weight when you are up there and managing to make weight. Yeah. Plenty time to lose the weight. Plenty of farce was announced, the main event. It was a given that he was going to be on the card. 
if, if there's any inkling that Floyd is going to fight and you're a Mayweather promo fighter, wouldn't you start getting yourself together if you weren't together already thinking, ooh, if I'm ready, they're going to put me on the card. And if, especially if you're talking about Floyd is passing the torch to you. Floyd ain't never missed weight. I know he's not passing that torch. Floyd even oh. said it in the post-fight press conference. But, you know, I can't. Ooh, I good videos coming out on fight hype a floyd talking mess i'm just sit back and sip my coffee and wait for them they probably gonna come today jay you were breaking up a little bit what did floyd say at the post-fight press conference at the post-fight press conference he was talking about the performances uh, of the other fighters, giving props to Badu Jack, of course. And then when he got to Gervonta, you know he kind of paused a little bit and he said you know he's a young guy but when i was growing up I never miss weight, and that's probably because I had my father there to keep an eye on me and be like a taskmaster. And he's like, he was always hard. You know, he well, the words he said was, my father was always hard on me, so I never miss weight. He just drilled, you know, basically just drilled it into me that you make weight. So it was kind of a little bit of shade. And Yeah, it was shade. Right. And so, you know, they'll probably have a big public falling out. I don't want Javonta to come out here and start crying on social media like Adrian Broner, but... You know, I, you know, Floyd don't like that. Missing weight? Come on, man. Come on. Right. Uh, I I don't think he was passing the torch to Tank. I think we've seen what he did to Tank during the Pedraza buildup. You know, he barely spoke to Tank. He didn't promote him. He was angry with him for not leaving Baltimore, yada, yada. Tank beats Pedraza. All of a sudden, he loves him again. Um, and now you see what – I don't think he was passing him the torch. I think he was passing him the cheese in the strip club. I think he was passing him the hot wings you know, at the girls' collection. So, yep. um, you know, it's a shame because Tank, you know, he's a good fighter. I don't think he's a bad kid. Um, you know, I just think he needs to stick to his game plan and, and, you know, just really stay focused. Moving up to 135 is probably what will be best for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay in Baltimore. Yeah. So, anyway, let's move on to the main event. Floyd Mayweather scored a 10th round technical knockout win over UFC fighter. Conor McGregor on Showtime. McGregor is now 0-1 as a pro boxer. Floyd Mayweather <laughs> ended his career um, over McGregor, and he did announce that he will never, ever fight again. He is ending his 21-year career, no ifs and buts about it. Um, he becomes the first boxer to finish his career at 50-0. and 0. Um, That was previously shared with Rocky Marciano. There was a lot of acting in that fight, Jay, in my opinion. I mean, Floyd hasn't had a knockout in seven years, way smaller. I feel like he carried McGregor a little bit. I'm not hating right now, but come on. I I think he was carrying the fight a little bit to entertain the fans. He had to. He had to. Because once he started connecting on McGregor, I don't think there is anybody on planet Earth, even McGregor fans that were delusional and thinking that their guy was going to win this fight, that truly believed that he was doing something different that other opponents have, haven't done in the past that, that prevented Floyd from landing at will. Come on, man. He was doing all this stuff, and Floyd just was so befuddled that he couldn't land direct shots. Give me a break. Mind you, again, like RB, I'm not hating. I was entertained. I watched it. But let's let's be real. Let's not delude ourselves. Floyd was make they delayed the start of the fight because of the direct TV crash. The fight got started. You think, oh my God, do you know how mad people would be if that fight ended in like two or three rounds? Come on, man. Right. Come on, man. Come on now. Let's 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 keep it a bean here. Let's keep it all the way 100. If you really thought Floyd was having trouble in those open rounds, uh, I, I got I got a bridge to 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 uh, Russia to sell you in Alaska. Yeah, look, Floyd has been hit way harder by guys like Miguel Cotto, Oscar De La Hoya, Shane Mosley, Madonna, Canelo. That's just the name of few, you know. And to me, it was kind of funny. McGregor kind of looked like a fighter from like the late 1800s, like the way he was like jabbing and pity pat punching. And like you see them pictures with them fighters from the 1800s, the way they they stood back then with their arms kind of out. That's a, I, mean, I was kind of laughing through round one and two. Um, if if McGregor does decide to to box again in professional boxing, I think his power 
is not going to carry over into boxing. I think no. the style is very awkward. It was a little annoying. Um, like I said, Floyd's been hit harder by other guys before. Um, and, and he let a smaller guy walk him down. If Floyd Mayweather can walk you down. Mm. Hmm. Talk that mess, RB. Talk it. Uh-oh. Did we lose RB? To piggyback on what RB is saying, with the um, I think I lost her there. But what I will say about McGregor as we await for RB to rejoin us is what the benefit of this fight will do for Conor McGregor is the fact that when he makes his return to MMA, it's going to make him a better fighter. He has learned some new things by spending a number of weeks within one specific discipline. All these things will do is make him better. Just like when Canelo lost against Floyd, it made Canelo a better fighter. Some fighters ended up not being a better fighter, but taking these tools and these skills back with him to the MMA octagon will make him a tougher, fiercer competitor. I had the pleasure. I was in Vegas all week during the fight week, not specifically for the fight, but I was on assignment um, spending some time shooting the McGregor team for a Facebook Live series for William Hill betting. And his team was really, really welcoming, wonderful, close-knit team that graciously had me with them while I was filming for them that week. And they just really broke down how much time that they spent, you know, focusing on it'll make him a better fighter. And in the post-fight press conference, McGregor was very insightful in what he was saying that he thought he did wrong, sparring things that went wrong. So all these things will take him back to the octagon. I'm not foreseeing him coming back to fight a traditional boxing fight anytime in the near future, but it will make him a better MMA fighter if you're a fan of McGregor. RB, you back with me? I am. I am I'm back. I dropped the call by accident. Uh, what I was saying is that Floyd was able to work, walk down McGregor. He hasn't had a knockout in seven years. So, again, when you think about McGregor, fighting a guy like Golovkin or Canelo, he's seriously going to get hurt, and he's going to get hurt early. Um, Absolutely. So anyway, the, yeah. So anyway, the circus has left town. It's in our real room mirror. Boxing enthusiasts, we could all look forward to some really good fights in September. Mm-hmm. We got Superfly mm-hmm. coming up mm-hmm. on September 9th, right, featuring um, Chocolatito. Then we got September 16th with Canelo Golovkin, for the world middleweight supremacy on uh, HBO pay-per-view. So really, really some good fights coming up. It's some exciting time. September. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Great time remember, to be a Jake Donovan, remember Jake Donovan last week was talking about keeping the lights on after mm. these big fights. So now that Mayweather and McGregor is over, boxing has to keep the lights on. So we got to make a big deal about Superfly. We have to make a big deal about Canelo Golovkin. These all need to be really big fights. September 22nd in Tucson, Oscar Valdez and Ramirez are both defending their world titles. This is Oscar Valdez's backyard. We got to keep the lights on. Tucson needs to stand up. They need to buy tickets. It needs to be a really big deal. So, again, as Jake Donovan said, we got to keep the lights on. Let's keep talking about boxing. Let's keep tweeting about boxing let's like yes. let's not let the lights go off just because Mayweather fought on Saturday and it's a wrap yeah and not just and not just us as the fans boxers too we know a lot of fighters and uh folks listen to our show every week fighters also keep the eyes on your sport just because I'm looking forward to seeing a fight does not diminish your career your promoter your event in any way when fighters out of than open to telling us, oh, I want to see this fight, I want to see that fight. And it may be a fighter from a rival promoter. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't see Kobe saying, oh, I would never watch a Cavaliers game because I only watch the Lakers. Do you not ignorant that sounds? It's your sport. Love your sport. When you're fighting, tell them, talk about your fight. When they're fighting, talk about their fight. That's how you keep your sport alive, thriving, and so everybody can make some money. It is prize fighting, right? Talk about your sport. Uh, right. Exactly. 
So the replay of Mayweather McGregor uh, will air on Showtime this Saturday, September 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So if you didn't watch it, if you didn't buy it, if you're acting like you didn't watch it, or if you're, if you're streaming with bootleg, you can watch it on Showtime this Saturday, September 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Let's go to a commercial break day, and when we come back, um, hopefully we'll have Roy Jones Jr. Let's do it. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you. I swear, RB, you're my favorite. I don't know why that tickled me so much when you said just now. And if your stream was bootleg, that really was... I definitely will be re- tuning into the replay this weekend so I can watch it in peace. I can get a chance to enjoy uh, the undercard fights that I didn't miss. I'm going to go back and I'm going to revisit. I did see Badu Jack's fight. I want to watch um, Steve Cunningham's fight. I did see Delorme's fight on the plane because the plane had Fox as part of the uh, Southwest free TV that you can watch on the plane. So I did see the Fox card. But I just didn't see the Steve Cunningham's fight. That was between the time that I landed and got to where I needed to be. Um, we are just awaiting uh, Floyd. Uh, Floyd. Oh, yeah. Floyd's calling in this morning. Uh, we are just waiting Roy Jones Jr. to join us. He should be joining us any second now. I don't think he's in Florida. Well, he's probably in Vegas or something. Yeah. Well, you know what? Why don't we bring on Jake? He, I know he's on the line and he can... Um, Roll with us during the Roy Junior, uh, Jones Jr. interview, if that's okay. Can we have multiple people on at the same time? You damn right. Let's do it. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's Take. Jakey! Always get a laugh out of that. Good morning, RB. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Uh, great morning it is, actually. All right. While we're waiting for Roy Jones, let's talk about keeping the lights on. I just brought your name up, and I said, now that this big Mayweather-McGregor right. fight's over with, we have to make sure to keep the lights on. All right. So let me – I'm going to go back a little bit. The one thing I absolutely loved about uh, Saturday's card was, as you mentioned, Badu Jack. He, had, he now has the chance to become the star that his career deserves. I mean, as you said, he gets a little push. It's because he's not a true TMT player. I mean, you know, he always gives Floyd his hype. But Badu Jack became a star on Saturday night, in my opinion. Hopefully, they keep his career going. Hopefully, he stays active. On to keeping the lights on. What I found very disappointing is that Showtime knew all eyes were on this show. This was a great time to let them know, hey, we've been kicking ass this year. Here's what we got coming up. We still don't even know their fourth uh, fourth quarter schedule right now. We have a glimpse of what might be coming up. We know there might be a show in October, maybe two shows in October, a show in November. They should have had all this situated. Fans should be, all the fans that were tuning into the show should already be knowing, hey, we got to come back in September. We got to come back in October. Showtime really should have done a much better job of making sure fans come back to the sport. Instead, this just became the Floyd Mayweather show. And that's, I mean, it's what always, everyone always hated about the event was that it just became one big money grab. It became about kissing Floyd Mayweather's ass. That's all this event was. And for Floyd, it was about disrupting any momentum that uh, Canelo and Golovkin was gaining. So right now, we're still waiting on Showtime schedule. Maybe they're going to roll it out in the next week or two. But it just seems odd that they have nothing coming up in September. And they have a couple of maybes for October that will probably pan out to be shows. But, you know, again, you have 3 million, 4 million people that are tuning into the show, you know, plus the fight party. There's probably about 10 million people that watch this fight over the weekend. And nobody has a freaking clue what's wow. going on for your fourth quarter. I mean, it, it's pathetic. It's, boxing just never learns from his own mistakes. And it's so damn frustrating because it has so much potential. And we just, all we do is think about short term. All the time, the sport, they just, they'll step over 20 to pick up a quarter. It is so damn frustrating. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Let's talk about something positive. Instead yes. of thinking short term, long term, ESPN and top round and top rank. <laughs> announced a mega comprehensive multi-year agreement for their new fight series. They are looking long-term. They know that nothing is going to change overnight. It's an extensive trailblazing distribution plan. There's going to be a boxing library that people can access year-round. Um, they have like 18 fights, I think, planned for next year. Um, 
they're looking long term. They want to make boxing a global sport again. What did you take from the announcement and the agreement? You know, you hit you hit the nail on the head. It's they are thinking long term. Bob Arum, you know, everyone always thought every time you know he got a fight disapproved by HBO, he'd start kicking and screaming like, "Oh, Bob is bitching because he's not getting his way." Bob Arum always has a plan for all the Lost fans out there. He's like Ben Linus. He always has a plan. Bob Arum always thinks long term. He knows that he wants to make sure that when he moves on from the sport, that the, that his company is going to be in good hands. Maybe not boxing itself, but he wants to ensure that top rank. It's been around for 50 years. He wants to see it go another 50. Right behind him is his son-in-law, Todd DeBuff, that's laying down the foundation on the business side. These guys are thinking long-term. They scooped up all these young kids from the Olympics. They're, they're getting their hands on as many ta- uh, talented fighters as possible. They want to showcase these guys for four years. The first year is going to be 16 fights, plus I believe if they go into the pay-per-view realm, it's going to be, uh, it'll be a total of 18 shows for year one. Mm-hmm. That's thinking long-term. That's just not a show a month. We're going to showcase our kids, and then you know, we're just going to disappear until the next month. I mean, they want to keep active fans. Uh, for, uh, they're also going to have access to Top Rank's 50-year library of all the fights that they have the rights to on the ESPN app. So it's, you know, you're getting to look into the past and then keep looking into the future because they got a lot of young kids, starting with the mm-hmm. 22nd show, you know, a lot of young talent that they need to get out there. And it's going to be steady. It's going to be two, three shows a month. They're going to make sure fans know boxing. And Saturday's press conference was the first sign that I got that ESPN is actually finally all the way behind this. Because they haven't been so far. They were all the way behind the Manny Pacquiao event, but that's been it. You, you know, Jake, the one word that they kept throwing around this entire press conference was partner. It's a mm-hmm. partnership. We're partners. Exactly. ESPN is our partner. And then ESPN would say top rank is our partner. They must have said partner like 100 times, which <laughs> made me feel a lot better because I feel like yeah. this is a partnership. I don't feel like top rank just bought time on ESPN and they're just going to throw whatever fights they want on there. Like some other people have done. I think together the partnership is that they're going to try to build their fighters into superstars. They're going to have really great exposure. They're going to have original content and they're going to use some cutting edge technology to get it done. And that was the summary that I got from the press conference. And that's what I hope they do. Absolutely. And that's why I said that. I felt like finally ESPN is behind this. It's like we kept hearing it's a partnership. It's like everyone was like, okay, where's the money from, coming from? What is ESPN's actual involvement? Now we know ESPN wants to be, become the face of boxing, and now they have a great chance to. What's going yeah. to help that is Bob Arum changing his ways just a little bit and willingly work with other promoters, not just settle for your B-side coming over. Like, you know, Julie Sandango picked up two titles. It was very smart that they made sure that was going to be Terrence Crawford's next opponent. You know, also yeah. his blood was beating that drum forever. He wanted all the belts. Now he's got all the belts. So they have to be cognizant of that. You know, if uh, Vasyl Lomachenko wants to fight an Al Heyman fighter, you got to let him fight an Al Heyman fighter. Don't just do it when it goes to a purse fit. Uh, I bring up this example. Tim Bradley just retired. I mean, granted, I think he was going to retire anyway. But if his career went on, you had to start to think, you know, what Walter Waits' top rank have left to keep a guy like Tim Bradley in tight. Now we got Jesse Vargas, who's already hinting that he's ready to leave top rank. Why? Not because they need to keep him busy. But, well, he speculated over – I mean, he was there. He's been showing up to all of Mayweather's events. He was originally promoted yeah. by uh, Mayweather Promotions. Oh, Lord. They yeah. kind of get the sense that he's going back to TNC. And mm. his career, he doesn't have any other welterweights. I mean, who is he – you know, he could maybe wait out the winner of Pacquiao Horn. But, you know, I mean, who's going to care about a Jeff Horn, Jesse Vargas fight? Well, I think, that, I think Jesse Vargas would be a good fight for Bud at 147 stepping up. No, I, I totally agree, but Jesse Vargas doesn't feel like he's a big priority at top right now. He hasn't fought since the yeah. Pacquiao fight. And, you know, you look at the other side of the street, that's where all the welterweights are at. So if, you know, yeah. Jesse yeah. realigns himself with, with Floyd, you know, he has those fights. He can fight, you know, the yeah. Alex and all those guys. And the so Danny Garcia's and those guys, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if top rank is going to be, you're right, if top rank is going to, you know, once again, you know, man the throne of boxing, they're going to have to open up the door a little bit and say, you know what? If, you know, Bud wants to fight Errol Spence, you know, we got to make that fight happen. We can't say, well, fuck Al Heyman. I'm not doing business with him. Bud's going to fight whoever. We, we can round up for him. You, you can't do that. If you want to build superstars, you have to let your stars fight everybody. So that's what All really right. needs to come up the next four years of ESPN. I, I think um, we're going to have to take a quick second here. I think we have Rue on the line. But the last thing I want to say before we get to Roy Jones is that ESPN did promise that they're going to feature all of the undercards. They're going to help with selecting the main events because they don't want a bunch of mismatches on ESPN anymore. Um, And so that's all really good news. 
Jake, thank you so much for Jake's take today. We are going to let you go, and we got to keep it rolling, and I believe we have okay. Lloyd Jones Jr. on the line. All right. Thank you very much, Arby and Jay. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's bring on our esteemed guest on today's hotline bling. Good morning. Is this Captain Hook? You better believe it. The one that only passes his hands in the north and the south. Let them know. If you are just now joining us, we are joined by Mr. Captain Hook, Mr. Y'all Must Have Forgot, the man that gave us our personal most memorable interview of all time. Junior, good morning. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? We are We're good. Excellent and glad to have you. Before we jump in, business at hand, do you have a Royism to kick us off today? <laughs> hey, what you know about the Royism? You're not supposed to know about it. The only few people know about the Royism. But let me tell you like this. Anytime you put a man in the ring that never went 10 rounds in his life, and he hit round six, round seven, round eight, Round nine, he's going to panic. I don't care how good he is at any other sport, who he is, what his name is, where he come from. Anytime that man hear that man say round six through nine, he's going to panic. His body's going to freak out. It's going to go into a frenzy. That's a known before you ever put him in the ring. So the biggest thing you want to say is why would a commissioner allow a man that's 0-0 in a boxing ring to go not just fight a guy that's 49 on top of that, to go 12 rounds in him? Why not make it a six-round or eight-round so that he doesn't have to panic and pass out at the end of the fight? You feel me? But that's I feel did, you. So that's my point for the day. <laughs> oh, hey, that's what I'm talking about. See, Roy, that's why you. Do you know how mad I am when you're not on the broadcast? That's all of that. Before we jump off, let me congratulate you on your new deal. I read that Roy's promotion has entered into a TV deal with BN Sports for the next you're kicking off on September 29th in Dallas. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. What I love, I just love the fact that TV ne- television networks are starting to get back into boxing because to me it's crazy that boxing is the only sport that boxers are making less money now than they were making 25 years ago. Every other sport, mm. people are making mega money in their sports and their, their sports are growing. Uh, their audiences are growing. But in boxing, we're making less today than we were making 25 years ago with the exception of a Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao and maybe now uh, Conor McGregor. And that's a guy that's over and over as a boxer, making more than any other boxer ever made. You feel me? So it's like it's crazy that with all the things going on, with the way the time is, boxers in today's time are making less than they were making 25 years ago. That's ridiculous. So I'm glad to see the ESPNs and the BN Sports of the world coming in and trying to do it and lend a hand and help this game of boxing back out, you know? Absolutely. Speaking of boxing business at hand. Let's start with the Saturday Night's fight that you were a member of the team on the Miguel Cotto fight versus Yoshihiro Kamagai. Miguel Cotto came out there, did what he needed to do. He dominated the fight. From, and I saw some interviews with uh, Tom Leffler and Abel Sanchez after the fight that he said he looked really good and was looking at uh, like the Cotto of old. What did you think from, the, from your point of view? Did Miguel Cotto look like the Cotto of old, your assessment of his uh, performance Saturday night? No, and I, but without a doubt, he did look like the Cotto of old, but the Cotto of old was 147 pounds. And he looked mm. like the Cotto of old at 147 or 154. He don't look like the Cotto of new at 160 because that's not what we want to see Cotto at. So I understand people making fights, but it's like it's, it's funny to me that when I said something about Triple G going up to light heavy and fighting the one of war Cobra left, everybody, no, nah, he's too small, he's too small. But now when I say that Cotto is too small to go and fight Triple G, oh, no, he's not. Let's make that fight. You understand me? So they, they contradict themselves constantly. You know, and this is the problem with boxing, too. We always got a problem when it's not in our favor, but when it's in our favor, oh, it's not a problem. So to mm-hmm. me, why would and I understand, I understand Fred Wilson is a trainer. He think that his fighter can beat anybody. And I understand that. And I'm not, I'm not knocking that because that's just what trainers are supposed to think. But why would I want to go see small Miguel Cotto, who's 154 pounds at best, go up and fight the 160-pound champ who beats, if he beats, if he beats uh, Canelo, he beats the guy that beat Cotto pretty easily because of the size. Why do I want to see that? Does that make sense to us in boxing? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Go find him a good 54 pound to send him out with because it makes money. Yeah, but that's gonna, that, that could hurt Cotto. That could hurt Cotto's home in the long run. That could cause damage to Cotto, his life after boxing. That's what I'm worried right. about. But, yeah, I was worried about that when Triple G was asked to move up to light heavyweight to fight one. But y'all not worried about it for Cotto to move up to middleweight to fight Triple G when you know he's too small. You know he's too small. Canelo just shows you he's too small. So why would mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. talk about 
But if it costs some money, money drives everything. And that's what you know, that's the thing today. So I'm sorry I can't really get into that era because that's not my era. And I know people right. criticize me for my comments and what I say. I don't mind. Nah. My, my, I got opinions just like your best got an opinion. And I feel like my opinion, I deserve to have one more than anybody because I went all the way to heavyweight. And I started working with folks, so I don't care about weight. But when you talk about it, you're going to say it's not good on this side. If it ain't good on the left side, then it ain't good on the right either. That's my point. I with you, Roy. And who are are people to question your opinion? You fought and you call on the commentating side. So I trust your opinion more than I trust somebody who never fought. So will we, of course. So in the, in the, in the rear view mirror, we're looking forward now him into Canelo triple G. You already said he's too tall. As we inch closer to that fight now, it's kind of a, just slightly from being still a 50-50 fight, I see some odds kind of shifting more on the Triple G side. Look at two Triple G's opponents leading up to now and Canelo's opponents leading up to now. How would you assess their resume? We look at who Canelo's fought since he fought Floyd. He fought Lara, questionable outcome. He fought Chavez. It was a domination. You look at Triple G's fight trouble with Danny Jacobs but pretty much annihilated everybody else that he ran through how would you assess their two resumes as they lead up to meeting each other well their resumes are good uh, the way you got to look at it though is that uh, Canelo has a better resume overall Just that, that's point blank but the big factor here is the size Canelo is coming up the week Canelo is not a normal middleweight he's coming up middleweight just for this particular fight now May I add that Triple G is not a big middleweight, so I understand that too. You know, when they say things about him not going like hell, I understand he's not a big middleweight, so I do understand that. But he's a very strong middleweight, and with that being said, we have to wonder how will Cotto's chin hold up to the punches. But if Cotto's chin holds up to the punches, Cotto is probably going to be bigger than Triple G anyway that night because Cotto is a big dream middleweight, and I mean Canelo, and Canelo Canelo's chin can hold up to the punches through the early rounds, and Canelo mm-hmm. could really pose a big problem because if you remember. Danny Jacobs was a problem because of his size, because he was able to withstand some of Triple G's power and not go down on every shot. That is what enabled him to stay in the fight. When you can stay in the fight with Triple G, if you know how to box it all, which Canelo is very good at, then you can really pose big problems. So everything will be predicated on how well Canelo takes Triple G's punch early. We and you know so much focus is placed on power versus power. Let's move the um, the attention down to what's on the canvas. Who has the better footwork? We see that, that Triple G likes to stalk and cut down the ring. We also see Canelo's footwork has gotten better as he's uh, progressed over the last few years. Who has the better footwork, in your opinion? Well, I have thought that even because both of those guys have really, really good footwork. And uh, Triple G showed you in the fight against um, the kid from Canada that David Lemieux that he can do other things besides put the ring off. So both guys have immaculate footwork. Um, and to be honest with you, you very rarely see a very good Mexican fighter that doesn't have good footwork and you won't see many great Olympians, silver medals, gold medals, bronze medals that don't have good footwork. So both guys have excellent footwork. Okay, shifting back, we have a card that's going to happen before the big card. We've got the big Superfly card coming up here in Los Angeles on September 9th. That is a stacked, stacked card. Are Americans ready to start embracing these lighter weight fighters now? Have we finally gotten to that point where we're really interested in seeing the lightweight, straw weight, well, all those smaller weight again, classes? Yeah, once again, yeah, we are, but here's the thing. The problem with that in the past was that people wouldn't put those guys on television, so nobody knew who those guys were. You've missed, we have society missed out on some really big fights, small guys back in the days. Even. I remember days I used to Cling to my TV to watch Jeff Chandler on NBC or whatever sport network he fought on. Because Jeff Chandler was the 118 to 122 pounder who was the truth. Jeff Chandler, Luke Pinto, all those, yeah, all those guys back then were. I used to cling to the TV to watch those guys because they were so skillful. They were lightweight class, lighter weight class, but they were so skillful. However, the bigger weights dominated the broadcast networks, and the bigger weights produced more knocking out than those small guys did in a sense. So people start uh, going gravitating towards the knockout weight class, but that weight class always was a spectacular weight class to those flyweights and strawweights. Those guys were always uh, immaculate boxers, had, had the better boxing skills, and they always provided us with some very exciting fights. So it was great to see TV networks finally giving these guys to just do and put them back on TV. 
And I got to thank mainly HBO and Chocolatito for that because they started it over all over again for these young, small guys, you know. There's so many good fights on that card, and we're very fortunate to get it here in Los Angeles. What's your favorite fight on that card? Uh, you know, my favorite is Sarah B. Save versus Chocolatito. I want to see it again because I thought mm-hmm. Chocolatito won the first one, and I want to see the rematch. I, mean, I thought it was a very close fight. It could have been a draw, but I thought Chocolatito edged it out. But that is the best one, and that's the one that I'm going to be looking forward to most that night. All right. Troy, here we are in the aftermath. I wanted to make sure that we talked about the HBO fights. You kicked it off by uh, touching upon what we saw on the other side of the street Saturday night. I know you were out in Vegas, had a chance to do some first take and do some good stuff. Great work with that, as usual. Thank you. Uh, of the fights that you saw on the on the main event card, uh, Badu Jack, any of those cards, which fight intrigued you the most when you heard it or if you saw it? Or what was the most interesting fight to you I on just, that card? I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see none of those fights. Uh, the fight I wanted to see, I do like Bobby Jack and I do like um, Javante Davis. So I would have wanted to watch both of them guys fight. However, I was at work myself with HBO broadcast. And I didn't mm-hmm. get an opportunity to see none of it. But uh, I would have liked to see Bobby Jack fight. And I always like to see Javante Davis fight. Excellent. Well, let me ask you a non-boxing uh, question, Roy. Would you ever consider doing some rap music again? You got some more bars gotta, for us? Hey, listen, listen, I'm working on Body Head Banger Volume 2 right now. Right now, you, as we speak. I'm almost working with on it. what? Listen, Body Head Bangers Volume 2. Right now, it's in the lab. Body Head Bangers Volume 2. Now, my first album was Body Head Bangers Volume 1. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Can't yeah. be touched, can't be stopped. We're working on Volume 2 right now. Yes. Now, it's hard, it's hard to find a song as hot as Can't Be Touched, but I got some pretty hot ones on there. And uh, I think you're going to like them. Give us 16. Let's hear a little bit. Give us a little bit. One of them said, uh, 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 let me think how to go. Let me see. Let me think. Hold on. You got to give me. You caught me off. Uh, Come one of them on. I really just like. spit it. <laughs> I say, Roy, go on, because Roy got bread. Roy, uh, Roy keep at least six of them up in the bed. Roy do it big. Because Roy got it made. Uh, rest in peace by the head. Rest in peace, Mr. Maddie, forever. It's by the head. Look, ain't nothing changed. Nah, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm just laid back, low key. I'm trying to maintain. I don't smoke dope. I don't drink. I don't game bank. I just let the money pile. A couple thousand when I train. Tell them that I'm still sponsored by Rival. Huh? Still sponsored by Jordan. I ain't bragging. I'm just telling you. I'm going to eat regardless. Taking trips out to Russia. Had to stop down in New Orleans. Speaking up. S.M. Willard. Because right now he be the hardest. He rapping what I'm rapping. Huh? Ain't no hand stepping when it comes to whooping ass. I'm giving lessons. Look, if you don't believe Believe me, tell me we can tear it up. Tell a little silver to stop ducking me and set it up and stop playing. That's what I'm right there. Word. <laughs> hey, hey. Right so man. I ain't playing with him. You ain't never playing with him. You ain't never scared and you nah. ain't never forgot. Roy never Jones said. Jr., I, you know what? You always have so much good stuff for us from the boxing anal- analysis to the bars <laughs> to just boxing history. <laughs> Is there anything you need to get off your chest that you have been holding in that you want to drop on us right now? Just a royism, no, Roy of the day. It, it, just, it, just, it just bothers me that people in this world still can't get along. I don't understand mm-hmm. why we have so much problems, so many problems. Like, here's my biggest mm-hmm. thing. In this world, human beings have the most communicative skills of any other animal on the planet. Yet we have the hardest time communicating than any other planet, animal on the planet. Why? Why is that? Why can't we just live and let live? Why can't we all get along? We all don't have to believe in the same things. We all don't have to do the same things. We all don't have to run behind the same things. We're all different. We're not going to believe and do the same things. But why can't we always just provide a lane for everybody to do what they do and let them do that that way? You understand what I'm coming from? I don't understand why we have such a hard time getting along when we have the most different ways, the most reliable sources. We have the most... uh, uh, the, the, the biggest array of choices for communication than any other animal on the planet. We can do sign language. We can speak different languages. We can write. We got all kinds of ways of communicating, and yet we have the hardest time communicating than any other animal on the planet. Every other animal will have a problem until we step in and mess with them. Then they have problems. But meanwhile, we call not only ourselves can we not get along with, but we can't seem to get along with nothing and nobody else either. Why is that? You're absolutely hmm. right. You are. Why is that? I mean, I mean, you stop to think about it. Why do TV networks have to war and hate each other? Why? Why can't we right. <laughs> Why do promoters, promoters have to war and hate each other? Why? Why can't we get along for the betterment of the fighters or the better, and for the betterment of the sport? Why do people have to hate each other? 
people say, you know, uh, I mean, don't get it wrong. They say, well, you know, Floyd Miller say he's the best ever, but I don't be Look, the man's supposed to say he's the best ever. I mean, who mm-hmm. knows? How can you expect a man to perform and not think he's the best ever? He's going to thank you. I'm supposed to thank you. And everybody that went forward that thought they were still think they are too. You're supposed to think that. So I'm not going to say that, you know, I can't get mad at him because he said, oh, he's the best ever. I mean, he's the best moneymaker ever. And ever he proves that. As far as boxing skill, that's going to always be a matter of opinions anyway. You know, you understand what I'm coming from? So why? Mm-hmm. Hey, people dislike people because of that? No. Come on, you can't dislike people because of their opinions. I mean, that's right. Of fact, it's simple. That's right. Well, Roy Jones Jr., well, that's what I want to say. it is always an honor, always a pleasure. Looking forward to seeing you on the desk on these great fights over consecutive weeks. And I want to get an autographed copy of the album when it drops for the show. You know what? I will get you one. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get you a clean one. You remind me because I'm going to get you a clean one. So you can use it on your show because you're going to really like it because there's some really good music on it. But, you know, me, my thing is, and I and I hate, you know, to, to, to get off the path, but I have to explain to people when I do music what I do it for. I don't do music to spit bars about what's going on in the ghetto or what's going on in the hood or what's going on. No, I do music because I want to inspire you to get up and go do something. And I really want to inspire you to get up and go do something good. So you won't find a lot of slower beats or songs that are kind of down tempo. I don't have a lot of those. I put one or two every now and then just because some of my artists are so good at that I have to let them do some of what they want to do too. But most of the time you're going to find upbeat music, music that want to make you get up and go do something. You know what I'm saying? So when I play music, I want music that make me want to go slap somebody. You understand me? That's what I look for music for. That's what my album do. When I make music, when you hear it, it's going to make you want to go slap somebody. If I can't make you want to get up and go slap somebody or get up and go run five miles, then I didn't do what I was supposed to do on that record. You feel me? I feel you. All right, Roy Jones. We getting that. We pumping that. We're going to use that as part of the show music. We appreciate you, Roy Jones Jr., and we will be talking with you soon. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com. Providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today. The only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. Mmm. Always, always good to have Roy Jones on the show. I mean, we just put the mic on and just let him flow. We we rarely right. have to even ask him anything. He is just, he's great. We love having him. He's a friend of ours here at the Morning Punching Show. Anyway, we want to play some Know It or Blow It. We have a signed boxing glove by Mike Tyson that we want to give away today. So if you are daring to be great, then the number is 718-508-9852. Press 1. And your number will light up on the switchboard, and that is how we will know that you want to play some Know It or Blow It. Jay, do we have any players? Let me see here. We got a lot of people in the switchboard this morning. I'm going to have to randomly select. Let me see what we got here. Golly, where did all you people come from today? That's what we like to see, the morning punch-in show. All right, let's see. Let's pick up this person right here. All right. 816, you are on with the Morning Punching Show. What's your name and where are you calling from? Mike, KCMO, Kansas City, Missouri. What's going on, Mike? Mike? What's up, what's up? What's up? All right, we're going to give you uh, 20 seconds. Or no, 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 we're going to do the nickname game again today because so far nobody has been able to win this Know It or Blow It trivia question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to give you six um, fighter names, and you have to at least give me four out of the six nicknames. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So here we go. We're going to start off the first one. Fernando Vargas. Uh, (laughs) Fernando Vargas. Actually, how about this? How about this? I did it wrong. I'm going to give you their nickname, and you tell me who the fighter was. I'm going to make this a little easier for you, okay? Uh, We'll see. Let's go. All right. All right. (laughs) Who was called the body snatcher? Uh, Bernard Hopkins. Nope. (laughs) You mind, Taylor? Nope. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. That one, that was the first one. 
Who was called too sharp? Mark. Mark Johnson, Mark. yes. Yep. All right. The Easton Assassin. Uh, Larry Holmes. That's right. So you got two out of three. How about the Flushing Flash? The what? The Flushing Flash. Flushing? Yes, the Flushing <laughs> Flash. Man, I don't know. I ain't never heard right. of that. that was, okay, that was Kevin Kelly. Let's keep it moving. Who, who was called ferocious? Ferocious. Ferocious. Man, I don't know. Okay, we're going to keep going. We got some more here. You didn't lose yet. Ferocious was Fernando Vargas, by the way. All right. Who was called lights out? James Tony. You got that one. All right. Let's see. That's one, two, three. All right. Let's see. You got to get this one, okay? To win the glove. Who was called the Nigerian nightmare? Uh, Nigerian nightmare. Uh, let me see. Let me say nightmare. Uh, Nigerian. God damn it. Uh, we're gonna give you ten more seconds. The Nigerian nightmare. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, Samuel Peter. Yes, Samuel Peter. Yes. He was a heavyweight, wasn't he? Yes, it was called the Nigerian Nightmare. You are a winner. We are going to send you a boxing glove uh, signed by Mike Tyson, and that was brought to you by the BoxingInsider.com. So make sure you follow Boxing Insider on Twitter and on Facebook. DM me on Twitter your um, mailing information, and we will send you out that glove. All right. All right. Congratulations. Thank you for playing. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Yep. All right. We are going to run through. I wanted through. to win. <laughs> I did too. I wanted to win that glove. I was about to start hollering out some answers. <laughs> run through this real quick. Top of the hour. Um, the World Boxing Super Series is underway with Junior Dirtikos versus Dmitry Kudrasha on September 25th. So be on the lookout for. If you missed it, Leo Santa Cruz. Um, at the, the fights, and he said that the fight with the Aguilar didn't happen because uh, their respective promoters, advisors wanted them to take a fight in between fighting each other to get themselves back. Also, in case you missed it, Nathan Cleverly retired after his loss to Badu Jack. Uh, Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz is close for November 4th per Dan Raphael. Lomachenko versus Rigando is close for December 9th, according to Bob Arum. And let's see, Abner Mars, Leo Santa Cruz will share a Fox doubleheader against separate opponents with Charlo Lubin on Showtime later on that night. And Amir Khan will fight Kel Brook as long as he's with Eddie Hearn. Shout out to Michelle Phelps uh, for getting Khan in that interview. And in case you missed it, news, uh, Khan's wife is expecting baby number two. Despite all their marital problems, they are expecting baby number two, so they are trying to work it out. Congratulations to them, and that's all I have for today, and in case you missed it, news. All right, and word on the curb is that uh, Glenn Tapia, you know, he was supposed to fight Sullivan. We had told you that a month or so ago. He was going to fight Sullivan on ESPN, and apparently that fight has fallen apart, and Tapia looks to be fighting Gabe Rosado on October 19th in Las Vegas. That is the word on the curb. Mother word on the curb. Nobody found it strange that Deontay Wilder was not in Las Vegas for the Mayweather-McGregor fight. I mean, all of Heyman's sons were out there. All of his favorite marketable fighters, Earl Spence, Danny Garcia, Adrian Broner, uh, Sean Poor. I mean, all the guys were out there, right, taking pictures, doing interviews, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't we see the heavyweight champion of the world out there? Well, word Great on the curb is... Question that he wanted to be with his girlfriend in Florida who's filming for the reality show called WAGS. Jay, what does WAGS mean? What is WAGS? Wives and girlfriends of athletes or something like that. Wives and It's wives and girlfriends. 
Okay, so apparently Wilder wanted to be with his girlfriend who's filming for this reality show. But then on the flip side, he puts up a poster on Instagram that he was hosting a fight party in Atlanta. So who knows if he was really in Miami, if he was in Atlanta. But word on the curb is there is some trouble there. And he's not really happy with some PBC guys. Um, He hasn't even spoken to some of them in a really long time. And, you know, he wants to fight. And he wants to fight now. And the word is that he may be fighting Luis Ortiz um, in New York. Jay, what was that date? November? November. I think I sent it to you yesterday. I think yeah. uh, November 4th, which that yeah. same night, there is a UFC fight at the Madison Square Garden. So mm. he just wants to get the fight made. He's sick and tired of, you know, the politics and the shenanigans. But, look, he stayed really far away from Las Vegas. So whether he was with his girlfriend or whether he was doing a fight party, he was not in Las Vegas where all the other guys were. That is the word on the curb. Good job, RB, as usual. And real quick, to run the weekend fight schedule, it's a light weekend after coming off the big pay-per-view. On Friday uh, on Australia TV here in Los Angeles, Manny Robles Jr. is uh, fighting his opponent. Tim Lopez is fighting Angel Saranara um, on Saturday from Chihuahua, Mexico, and BN Sports. Antonio Margarito is fighting this Saturday versus Carson Jones. And uh, Canelo's brother, Ramon Alvarez, is in the main, again, main event against Johnny Navarrete. And on Sunday from Japan, Shun Kubo versus Daniel Roman for the WBA regular junior featherweight title. And that is your weekend fight schedule. All right. Today's show is brought to you by TheBoxingInsider.com. War Tape brand, Bernie Fossing and Red Beach Advisors. Make sure you visit badculture.net, ragingbabe.com. Thank you for listening today. Jay, thank you for always being the most amazing co-host. Catch us here every Monday morning from 8 to 9. It's the Morning Punch-In Show. We're out.